This episode of The Legend of Retro is sponsored by Detroit Beard Collective. Dot com, where you can find beards of all shapes and sizes. You can find your collection. Nope, you can find beard supplies such as beard balms, mustache wax, beard elixirs, combs, shampoos, all the tools you need to feed your beard. Not not necessarily purchase collections of beards. Where do I get a beard though? From your own face, typically. Now, you're an unfortunate fellow who who obviously can't grow a beard too well, but if you are a person who has great facial hair, Detroit Beer Collective is the one to help you out. I'll tell you what, I may not be able to grow facial hair, but I sure as hell can appreciate it. That's right. And you know what I can do? What? Spend money. That's right. You go on DetroitBeerCollective.com. If you spend $25 or more, you can use the offer code MCGAMING and get 20% off your order. That's great. That is great. I so, can spend more money on beards that way. Right. Uh, well, what? On beard items. Thank you. That's, I'm scared now. No, don't be. That's, That's okay. So so thank you, Detroit Beer Collective, for sponsoring this episode of The Legend of Retro. Remember, everyone, use the offer code MCGAMING at checkout and receive 20% off your order of $25 or more. And get some beards. Supplies. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro podcast. This is Xander. And Craig WK. And welcome to what we are going to call Rocktober. Yes. Rocktober, because it's October, and rock just goes right in there so well. It fits better than anything else in October. Yeah, we tried Papertober. <laughs> Dumb. Uh, Scissorstober. <laughs> Tornadotober. That one wasn't that so one, bad. That one was okay. <laughs> that was... Tornado. I mean, maybe next year. Yeah, maybe maybe Tornadovember. Tornay... Tornadovember. Tornadovember. Tornadocember. Tornadocember. That one's not That bad. one's good. That yeah. one rolls off the tongue yeah. a little bit better. It does. Maybe we'll do that for December. Um, so the idea is, at first I was like, we should just do games that like rock. And then I was like, well, rock and roll racing. We already did that. Yeah. Uh, so instead, the theme for Rocktober will be, uh, as we close out each episode, I generally throw on a song of a game that we talk about. Instead, I think this month I'm just going to end it with our some of our favorite rock covers of video games. Yeah, that'll be fun. Or just songs from games that are just like super rock. Yes. Yeah. Now, speaking of games that rock out loud. Yeah. I have a game for you, Xander. Prove it. I do. It is Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. Also known as Final Fantasy USA. US of A. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing a trend. We seem to talk about all these games that are Something something USA. <laughs> Listen, Super American Mario rules. USA. American Gladiators. <laughs> okay, we're not actually talking about it. But we should though. Uh, we maybe in Tornado December. Yeah, maybe Tornado December. Tornado December. <laughs> so Final Fantasy Mystic Quest mm-hmm. from SquareSoft, of course. Right. Back from before they became Square Enix. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in October fifth of nineteen ninety two. October fifth. That's very interesting. Yeah. Listeners, guess what day it is. If you're listening to this when it first comes out. Yeah, because if you're listening to it now, where th- where are you? Yeah, that's creepy. Are you behind the curtains? Please don't be that scary. Are you in the ceiling? That's are you hiding wherever scary. Steven normally hides? Oh, God, please don't. No, he's not here, I promise. 
Uh, yeah, so obviously we record these in advance, you know that, but we're dropping this episode on October 5th. Yeah. Uh, for the 25th anniversary. Wow. Right? 25 years, 1992, right, you said? Yeah, 92. 92. 25 years of Final Fantasy Mystic Quest USA. It's been one heck of a ride. Yeah. <laughs> so, for for our listeners that aren't as familiar, uh, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest is an entry-level, turn-based RPG from Square. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game follows a young man. Uh, the, Benjamin. Yeah, default name is Benjamin, uh, who has to reclaim four crystals of the elements and save the world. Does it sound familiar? Because it sounds it's the, like Final Fantasy. <laughs> it's the plot of nearly every Final Fantasy. Yep. Up until six. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty, I think there's maybe a few. Yeah, there. there weren't there weren't crystals in six. Uh, no, yeah, no crystals. Nor in, in six. seven or eight. Nine brought them back though. Yeah, nine did bring them back. Yep. And then ten was like, bah, whatever. Uh, ten. It doesn't even seem like they tried to. They didn't try at all with ten, except for Kimari. Kimari tried. <laughs> well, Kimari tried too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this is, uh, it was, I don't really know, you probably know a little bit more about the background of this game, but, uh, I mean, it came out around a time when Final Fantasy games were fairly popular, um, and maybe not necessarily in America. Yes, not in America, they were huge in Japan. Huge in Japan. Yeah, the Final Fantasy game series was selling like crazy in Japan, they, I mean, they loved them. Yeah. But America wasn't catching on just yet. Yeah, I mean, that's why we have our, our messed up numbering system that always confuses everybody. Exactly. You know, when they brought the first Final Fantasy over, it sure was the first, but the Super Nintendo was coming out. And mm-hmm. so Nintendo of America didn't want to deal with Final Fantasy 2 and 3 on Nintendo. They just jumped right ahead to Final Fantasy 4, which was coming out for the Super Nintendo. Hence why Final Fantasy 4... In Japan is called R2, and then they skipped five for reasons we'll discuss in this episode. Oh, and interesting, I've always wondered that. Oh, yeah, and then uh, Final Fantasy six became three, mm-hmm. and then seven came out. They're like, ah, screw this. Oh, yeah, they went back to normal, and then it took off. Final Fantasy seven is when RPGs like Final Fantasy games took off and got popular, mm-hmm. but that's a story for another time, yes. Um, so Final Fantasy Mystic Quest was kind of made, I'm assuming, to attract. American audiences. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's precisely correct, Xander. So basically, Squaresoft in Japan was like, hey, these games are great. And, you know, Nintendo, uh, or I'm sorry, Squaresoft in America, you know, they they were like, well, you know, can you do something? You know, they're not catching on. Can you bring us something kind of light, something simple? Maybe that'll work. And so Squaresoft, you know, went ahead and came up with this beginner's RPG. And... It was released to average reviews and very little fanfare, and it kind of just, it, it didn't do much. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they really tried to push it. Like, there were uh, send-away deals to get, like, the, instru- the, the you know, player's guide with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was only, like, thirty nine ninety nine when it came out. Yeah, it was a little cheaper, too. You yeah. Know, they really wanted to push it for the younger audience, and the younger audience wasn't having it. But do you know what audience was interested in it? What's that? The RPG fan who were incredibly insulted by the fact that there was a very, very entry-level art, you know, Final Fantasy game getting sent to them after they've already had a couple. Like, it, it was it was really insulting, you know, to the, the, you know, the hardcore gamer that was into the Final Fantasy games. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, we'll, we'll discuss the, the game in a little greater detail, but it's, it, it's light on everything. You know, it's it's light on plot, it's light on combat mechanics, it's light on story, it's light on dialogue, it's light on tactics, it's light on everything. Yeah. 
Um, I popped it in this morning just to kind of give myself a refresher. It's been a long time since I've played it, and the dialogue seems like I wrote it. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> like, it almost feels like I just took RPG Maker and made this game. It's very simple. Um, and the dialogue, like, you, you, you start off on this mountain, mm-hmm. and, you, and then you talk to this old guy, and he's like, oh, we got to get out of here. This mountain's falling apart. There's monsters everywhere. You must be you. You're the hero that that I need to to find. You're gonna be the one that saves all of us. I'm sure of it. And then a monster shows up, and you fight the monster, and it goes, "Wow, I guess you really are the hero." And your guy Benjamin's like, "Wait, didn't you say you were sure of it?" And he goes, "Yeah, it was more of a guess, really." <laughs> it's like so goofy. Like that looks. That sounds like something I would have written. I, I if there is ever proof that time travel is real, it's Mystic, it's Quest. Mystic Quest because Xander, as an elderly man, has made it in an art crummy cr- old RPG maker mm-hmm. and sent it back to the past. You're welcome. <laughs> so everything's like I said, everything's really simple. You know, uh, equipment is is kind of dumbed down. It just auto equips to the highest you know defense item that you have. So if you get a new helmet, it just automatically equips. You can never equip the old one. Mm-hmm. You know, rinse, repeat. You know, the only thing that changes uh, are your weapons. Now, they'll always automatically equip the highest strength value or attack power, I should say. But there's four different types of weapons. You have swords, axes, claws, and bombs. And one of the few tactical things to the game is that, you know, certain enemies are weak to certain you know weapons. Mm-hmm. So like tree monsters are weak to axes, right? You know, et cetera, et cetera. I, uh, you know, the, I, I mean, I, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this game. So, like, one of the other things that's really insulting is the default method for showing you your hit points in this game. Oh, yeah. Are it colored looks, bars. Yeah. It looks like, uh, it reminds me of, like, Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. <laughs> yeah, it looks a lot like the health bars in that. But that's a beat-em-up. Yeah. It's not a role-playing game where your statistics kind of or should matter. Yeah. I guess seeing the difference in numbers is way harder than looking at colored bars. Numbers are so difficult. I wish I could just look at colored bars. Um, one thing I really like about this uh, this game, and like looking back, I always... I, and what reminded me of it were the uh, the old uh, magazine ads like for comic books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I pulled up a couple of them here just to, to share with you guys. There's one... Uh, the one that I remember seeing the most is a picture of it's an x-ray of a, of a skull mm-hmm. and it says brain transplant $39.99 and it shows a picture of Mystic Quest and there's some some dial or some text on the side it says here's a brainy idea pick up Mystic Quest the world's first role-playing game especially designed for the entry-level player easy to read icons put your head in the game immediately skull uh, skull tingling action keeps it there then there's constantly changing 16-bit characters and enough heady combat to scramble your synapses and a free strategy book offer comes in every box. All this for just thirty nine ninety nine. Hey, you don't need to be a brain specialist to see what a smart deal that is. You know, I I feel like I can appreciate what they were going for. You know, they they really wanted to push. Oh, now that one's creepy. One of the ads is a uh, uh, like children's clothes that are just thrown to the ground as if like the child inside it mysteriously vanished just you know vanished yep and it says out of body experience 39.99 and i'm sure it's you know shake your astral body and get down to the store pick up mystic quest the world's first role-playing game specifically designed for the entry-level player levitate 39.99 out of your pocket 
then astral project your butt back home and check out the easy-to-read icons, the, sc- the skin-tingling action, the bone-jarring combat, the 16-bit characters, the free strategy book offer in every box. There's no better way to get yourself transported. It looks like the cover of a Time magazine, like where they're talking about like a, a child that went missing or something. It's kind of terrifying looking, actually. Yeah. So, Mystic Quest is and the, the ads really pushed for it you know it's it's an entry level rpg and so a part of me is really insulted by this game mm-hmm. another part of me does realize though that it's i mean it tells you what it is it's an entry level rpg it's not for you craig who have you know played final right. fantasy 2 and final fantasy 3 and you're looking for something else it's not for you it's for it's for Xander, Kids. who's bored and wants to just play a quick <laughs> RPG and have a fun adventure and listen to some rad music. Oh, God, the music. We'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that in a bit. Now, the the problem I have with the game is it's it's got some adventure elements, which is nice. You know, you, you can kind of jump around. You can jump over certain obstacles. Yeah. Your weapons interact with the world. So yeah, like there's no, um, no uh, random battles. Yeah, all the monsters are on the field, you know, just kind of sitting there waiting for you. Uh, so th- there's some really some things that have been done well to this game, mm-hmm. you know, to, to make it a little bit you know easier to access. But at the same time, the battles are kind of boring. Yeah, it's it's a little dull. And I think that's one of the problems with it is the fact that it's just sort of like at least if it was quick, like at least if it was just like, all right, you one yeah. shot of this enemy, move on, you know, but you miss a lot. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, Xander, as soon as I sat down to watch Xander play this game for a bit, he was just missing over and over again. Like every round was mm-hmm. just him missing. It was just turn after turn of it. I don't remember missing that much when I was younger. Maybe it was bad luck just this time. Maybe. But uh, the other kind of cool thing is uh, when you're in battle, you know, when you hit enemies, mm-hmm. it shows you their damage. Yeah. So if you've if you dealt enough damage, the sprite will change. So yeah. like we were fighting a Minotaur who was like gruff and angry and had both of his horns. You beat him down a little bit. His armor starts to get tattered. He loses a horn. Uh-huh. You beat him down a little bit more. His armor's completely gone and he's like pissed. Yeah, he's super angry. And then he disappears. So it kind of shows you your progress instead of sitting here wondering, like, is this thing dead yet? Is this thing dead yet? Is this thing? Oh, oh OK, here we go. It's, it's flashing. Is it dead yet? Oh, it's changing form. Come on. You yeah. Know? Yeah, it's it's really a great feature, and I'm. it's kind of a wonder why they don't use something like that in a lot of other RPGs. I'm sure it's been done in some, but... Yeah. Because, you know, even... It's a, it's a little bit rewarding. It makes you feel like yeah. you're, you're getting something accomplished. Exactly. And, I mean, let's face it. If you go to fight a boss, and you spend, like, 15 minutes, and you it doesn't change its appearance, mm-hmm. and then you die, well, then you know, well, I better grind. I better, you know, do something, because yeah. I, I didn't... I barely did anything to this. Yeah. You know, but... If, in any other game, you don't know. I Maybe mean, you were one HP away from killing it. Maybe not. Maybe it's an American thing because, like, I think of games uh, like you know Ninja Turtles and like the other you know beat 'em up games. Whereas you're beating the enemy, he starts to flash. Like, oh yeah. sweet! Like it builds that anticipation. And like even when games start to do it, like when they do like the retro style games, they bring that back. It's like, oh sweet, he's almost dead. Like, it's, oh yeah, yeah. It kind of gives you that uh, you know that morale boost you may need. And I, it, yeah, that's weird that that's not in a lot more games. It's it's in a lot of like beat 'em ups and things like that, but yeah, it's not really in RPGs. Yeah, you know, you you really like the only thing that 
can kind of let you know is I feel like in in more recent RPGs bosses will change strategy. You know, right? When they're, when yeah. they're real, how or they'll start really introducing well. a new attack. Or, yeah, exactly. You or know, a cutscene will happen. Yeah, well, yeah. In, in cut new, scenes. Yeah, newer RPGs will do that a lot. You know, like yeah. oh, here's a 20 minute you know movie about the boss's past to make you feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. I but I. But no, you know, the, there's definitely some cool things done in Mystic Quest. Yeah. It's just also really dumbed down and kind of insulting. A little. But we'll we'll keep going back and forth on that matter throughout this episode, I'm sure. It's not a bad game. It's not bad. No, it's not a bad game. But when you look at, like, Final Fantasy three, yeah, it's just uh, there's no comparison. You, you know? mean Final Fantasy six? Right, six. Yeah. Let's keep it straight because that's already You're most right, people sorry. are confused enough. <laughs> Fair enough. You're right. Um, yeah, that's it's an interesting thing to think because this uh, this was '92. When did um, Final Fantasy IV come out in America? Uh, I think it would have been before this. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I'll feel, take a look at that. Yeah, I, I've got a, I've got a hypothetical question for you. Okay, uh, once we find that out. Yeah, and, and there's actually a few things relating to that that I wanted to chat about too. So yeah, go ahead and double check that. But otherwise, I did also want to bring up a uh, a funny little note here. Uh, so the guy who translated for Square around that time, he did like Final Fantasy two. He did uh, mm-hmm. uh, quite a few other games like Final Fantasy three or six. I'm sorry. Uh, so he did four and six. I. Uh, Ted uh, Woosley uh, has said that it was the easiest job he ever had translating that game. <laughs> uh, like the, I think the hardest part uh, was figuring out the pen name Ted Woosley for me. Get it? Because I went to the future and translated. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that probably was the most difficult thing. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute. Is Xander an anagram? No, wait, no, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Um, so Final Fantasy VI was released April 2nd, 1994. Final Fantasy IV was July 19th, 1991. So this was in between those two. Yep. So here's the thing. When Final Fantasy IV came over to America, mm-hmm. it was Final Fantasy II, yep. and it didn't sell that well in America. Its sales weren't that great. No. You know, it was it was critically acclaimed and you know the fans for it were really into it. I mean, even in Nintendo Power, Final Fantasy 2 was on their like top 20 list for Super Nintendo games. Yeah. The whole life of the console pretty much as soon as the game came out, you know. But it didn't sell well. So, uh, you know, Square of Japan and, you know, America made the choice Oh, well, let's just go ahead and make something that hopefully can get them into RPGs and maybe we'll, you know, hook them. So they sent us Mystic Quest instead of Final Fantasy V. Mm-hmm. We missed out on Final Fantasy V because the they felt the job system was too complex. Yeah, Final Fantasy V was released December 6, 1992. Mm-hmm. So just uh, about two months later. Yeah, we, we got the short end of the stick on that one. A little bit. I mean, don't be wrong. The the job system in Final Fantasy V is a little complex. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of different stuff you can do with it. It's, I it's, love the job system. Oh, it's so great. It's so much fun. Uh, coincidentally, Sean and I are, uh, uh, our buddy Sean and myself, are playing through Final Fantasy V at the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're in the process of, like, you know, mastering all these jobs and yeah. stuff and, like, making these, like, super characters once you have everything finished. It's yeah. a lot of fun. It's it's the the game and plot it's a are grind. a little goofy. Yeah, it's a lot of grinding. That's that's definitely for Final sure. Final Fantasy V is is the only game I've ever fallen asleep playing because I would train myself. Like I got I got to a certain point. Uh huh. Um, 
where I could where you were fighting these like stone monsters. Oh yeah, that's what Sean and I are doing yeah. right now. And you could use level five doom. Uh huh. Yeah, level get, five like, doom. Get Ten AP is it? Uh, some battles give you four or eight, four depending eight. on that's how many uh, you're fighting. But that's like the fastest way to grind up all of your jobs. Yep. It takes and I a would train years. myself uh-huh. by ear to listen for that stuff because it was back when I, uh, for a while when I was in high school, I had two TVs, one that was junky that I could watch, that I could play games on. Uh, but I couldn't get anything else to happen. Like the the regular input was like scrambled or whatever. Okay. And another TV where I could watch, you know, actual television. Before I had that though, I just had the one TV and I was watching, you know, like a spoiled, you know, white kid in Livonia. <laughs> Only had one TV. The tragedy of that. Oh, you poor thing. Um. So I would like I would start to get kind of tired. So I was like, all right, yeah. cool. I'm just gonna rest. Like I and I would listen for the sounds. I would know what directions to push, and I would count the beeps and boops until I got to level five doom. <laughs> And I fell asleep playing a couple times. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, left, right, left, right, left, right. Whoosh, whoosh, random battle. Cool. That's the only thing that's there in here. These are stone golem things. So, <laughs> yeah, that's the only game I've ever fallen asleep playing. And that's only because I was grinding so much. Right. Well, it, I mean, the, it, it gets really redundant. The sad thing is once I finally maxed out all of my jobs, I forgot what I was doing. <laughs> so I've never finished <laughs> Final Fantasy V. So you only, you mastered everything and then you had no clue what to do next. I think I'd mastered everything but like Mimic or whatever the last two. Oh, yeah. There's the a last, few jobs left yeah. at the end. Yeah. And, I do, and I've loaded up that memory card multiple times. I'm like, I don't know where I'm going now. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, I know. Oh man, I, I I have a fairly similar story. Uh, so Sean and I are playing, and we we would just take turns, you know, like grinding and then chatting and listening yeah. to music or whatever, you know. And uh, usually, you know, we do this uh, that, like after Thursdays, you know, yeah. once the rest of the guys leave and it's you know later at night. And uh, I thought I like I think I woke myself up like in the midst of like like fighting these monsters i think i fell asleep i don't know how long i might have been asleep for maybe it was just a brief moment mm-hmm. maybe it was a few minutes cuz afterwards Sean's just like yeah how about we call it quits for tonight and you know we'll we'll just pause here <laughs> And I was like, oh, how long was I asleep for? Like, for all I know, Sean just sat there and watched me, like, zone out and pass out for, like, 20 minutes. Most likely, yeah, that sounds like him. <laughs> Watching me sleep? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like Sean. So, <laughs> I did want to ask you. Were your clothes still on? You know, my shirt was inside out, now that I think. Never mind. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, I did want to ask you a few questions here, Xander. Uh, can you remember... All of the characters that join you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can you remember any of them? Uh, Kaylee. Uh-huh. Any others? A dude. You're getting closer. His name starts with an R. Hey, you're right. And sounds cool. Ruben. Ruben. Ruben, yep. He fought with like a mace or something. Yeah. Flail. Uh, you also had uh, Tristam, the, uh, Tristam yep. uh, the ninja dude. And uh, Phoebe. Who fought with a bow and arrow? Mm-hmm. I as I was playing, I got Kaylee in my party, and it was the funniest thing to me. Like, <laughs> oh, it's so the dialogue is so yeah. Crappy. So like you walk like so the first like again you can't explore the world map. Oh no, yeah, it's it's, it's on like rails. guided. It's one hundred percent on rails. So you get off this mountain, you go to this first place, and this old wizard guy who's like, oh yeah, no, you're totally the chosen one. I think maybe, uh. <laughs> Like says here, you gotta go. You gotta go to this place and find Kaylee and uh, show her this branch. Uh, okay, and you go in and you're just like walk into this house. It's the first house you get into when you get to this village, and it's two women standing at a table. And you talk to one of them. He's like, "Mom, I just I feel like I've got to do something. It's been so long." And he's like, "You're not going anywhere. 
It's too dangerous. And then your character's like, I can help. <laughs> and like, they don't even ask you like what your name is or what you're doing there. It's like, okay, let's do this. And she walks up and just grabs a battle axe off the wall. Like, keep in mind, this is like a spo- supposedly like a young woman walks up, grabs a battle axe off the wall. <laughs> like, let's roll. Let's go save the forest. <laughs> oh, I, you know, when I was younger, I really liked Tristam, the ninja guy. Yeah, I, I thought Tristam was cool. I don't know why, because on future playthroughs, I realized he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. Uh, but Kaylee, I got to give a lot of props to, because they could have totally, you know, given her, like, a magic staff or something. They could have totally, you know, played up the sexism on no, that. barbarian. She gave her a battle axe. That's pretty <laughs> great. That's progressive. I'll say. I thought that was pretty neat. But I... Uh, Otherwise, do you remember any of the other characters at all? No, it's been it's been years since I played through this game. The one thing, mm -hmm. aside from the music that I remember about this game, is the final boss is the easiest boss (laughs) in the world. (laughs) Yes, he is. Uh, Life three, yeah, kills him. Mm -hmm. You you throw a phoenix down at him and it kills him because he's undead. I used cure spells because I really like the final battle music. Yeah. So it did a belligerent amount of damage, <laughs> but you know, it's you know, you get to listen to the song for a few moments. Um, for those of you concerned, I'm recording this at the time as I'm just getting over a really rough cold. So if you hear a lot of coughing and dying, I apologize. Just deal with it for the next four episodes. <laughs> you guys are just gonna have to deal with it. Breaking right? the fourth wall here. <laughs> Whatever. So we're all adults. Yeah, come on, guys. Come on. So We've talked. To, we've danced around the issue of music. I feel long enough. Yeah. I, th- I think it's time to just jump right into the music. Here. Yeah. So I mean, it's its saving grace. Yes. Uh, so Nobu Imatsu does the music for. The, I mean, did the music for a ton of Final Fantasy games. Oh yeah, up until like the, uh, the I think he ones. worked on eleven, and then after that he called it quits. I don't think he worked on twelve at all. Uh, he might have done a song, a couple, or so. yeah, a couple yeah, tracks yeah, here yeah. and there. Uh, who did the music for uh, Mystic Quest? Two people Ooh. did the music for Mystic Quest. You have Ryuji Sasai and Yasuhiro Kawakami. Who uh, and did they do any other so- other soundtracks of note? You know, kind of. Not really though. They they they're not as big as they should be. So Sasai uh, worked on Final Fantasy Legend Three, which okay. is Saga which Three is, from yeah, the Game which Boy, which is also the the Second and Sets series. Oh, no, no, that's Final Fantasy Adventure. Oh, Adventure. Legends, Sa- Legends is the Saga series. Okay. So I think you're thinking of Saga Frontier that eventually oh, yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he also worked on The Treasure of Rudris, which is a Japan-only RPG, and Bushido Blade 2. Bushido Blade 2. We just talked about that. It's a great game. We'll chat about that another day yeah. for sure. Uh, so Kawakami... He worked on some older arcade games like the uh, original Shinobi and Crackdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, then he went on to do Chocobo's Dungeon Two. Chocobo Dungeon Two, and that's about it. Oh, he, they they both worked on Toeball Number One, mm-hmm. which is that weird uh, square fighting game. Yeah, uh, and, and they've done a few other little things. Those were about the most noteworthy things I saw. But but the music in this game is great. Yeah. It's so good. Like I, the reason why I brought up Nobu Ematsu and all the legendary music he's done for the Final Fantasy series, uh, there's one thing he didn't do, and it's the battle theme to this game, <laughs> which is arguably one of the best Final Fantasy songs. It ever. is. It, it really is. And it's it's funny because it's from 
Final Fantasy Mystic USA. Quest, yeah. yeah, Mystic Quest, the most condescending Final Fantasy game around. But somehow the music's amazing. The battle theme, honestly, like the battling is is mundane, but the music makes it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's uh, just a little bit of, and I'm going to say a little bit, but we're just going to love listening to this. It's going to be hard to stop. We'll see you in 20 minutes, guys. Yep. Final Fantasy <laughs> Mystic Quest, uh, Mystic Quest battle theme. So good. That's why we chose this for Rocktober. Yep. It's it's great. It pumps, gets the blood pumping. It's exciting. It's well done. It, it's great. It's mm-hmm. so good. Man, like I used to just listen to this song all day. <laughs> like, Honestly, I love, yeah. I love that Super Nintendo like rock guitar sound like that. Somehow, I don't know how what it is about the soundboard for the Super Nintendo, but it really pulls off metal pretty well. Yeah. Rock and roll racing, Earthbound. Mm-hmm. There's so many games that have that rock metal vibe, and they they do. They get away with it. Yeah. It sounds great. It's, there's, there's nothing wrong with the sun. Like it, it has so many different sections, uh-huh. so many different rhythms that are going on. It's so good. It's not repetitive. It's it's and it, when it does yeah. repeat, you're like, finally this part again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's really crazy how well the soundtrack is done. And it's like you said, it's not Nobuo Matsu. Yeah, he he had worked on uh, up to that point on the Nintendo Final Fantasy games. And then he even did, uh, you know, Final Fantasy IV soundtrack, uh, you know, when he jumped to the Super Nintendo. At this point, he he would be working on Final Fantasy V. So you'd think he would have, he would have been like the way better choice than anything else they would have gotten couldn't match up. Yeah. But it does. And even uh, uh, now, that song uh, is one done by Ryuji Sasai. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you can tell throughout, uh, if you're looking at the soundtrack, like who hit, like the songs that are his name attributed to, you can tell it has that rock vibe. But even Kawakami's stuff, the the more, uh, which is a little bit more on the lighter side, still sounds good. Yeah. You know? Before we jump over to the Kawakami side, I want to show one other other song that he did um, that was, I mean, you can hear the the influence, how it's, it's definitely the same thing. But there's that really weird um, ice stage, if you remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ice dungeon, right? Yeah, like right in the middle. And like normally ice dungeons have like this really weird kind of uh, like 
scary kind of background to yeah. it. This one's really more upbeat, and um, so I just wanted to show the uh, the ice dungeon from mm -hmm. Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. Was, was that Ryuji Sasai-Zander? It sounds like him, but I'm not sure that it is. No, this is Mega Man X Chill Penguin. <laughs> Thank you, Xander. But it sounds so, so uh, familiar, like just that rock sound that he, like, it, it's Sasai did. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It, it definitely sounds, has that similar vibe, that same rock sound. Yeah, it's it's crazy that, that so many games on the Super Nintendo have that rocky metally kind of thing going on yeah so sorry for the mislead i just thought it was cool like how similar it sounds mm -hmm. and how it would fit you know right in place with uh with Mega Man music which is known for just how rocky it is not rocky like bad but like rocky like awesome yeah right right uh rock-esque rock-esque yes yeah, i guess that sound makes a little more sense uh, so what song did you want to throw up next Oh, uh, The City of Forest, uh, which is a uh, track done by Kawakami uh, on Mystic Quest. It's nice and light. It's kind of, you know, it's a peaceful town theme, but it sounds nice. It's it's uh, I, th I think you guys will like it. All right. So uh, City of Forest from Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. This does have a very early Super Nintendo kind of sound to it. It does, yeah. But it's not bad. Like, oh yeah, not at I all. Like it. It, it's it's this. I don't know how to how to describe it. It's kind of just like a very round kind of sound, I guess. I don't. I can kind of yeah. I can I can get um, yeah, I get I get where you're coming from on that. It's it's very relaxing. It's it's soft. Very. Uh, it's like a, an ambiance to it. Yeah. I but, feel like it's a song that if you told me was in Final Fantasy four. I, and I didn't know the soundtrack that well. I might, uh, I might be like, oh, okay, yeah, I can kind of hear, I can yeah. hear Uematsu in that, you know. It's like you said, it has that early Super Nintendo so uh, feel to it, and I feel like whereas Ryuji Sasai, you know, was was doing the rock stuff, I think Kawakami did a great job, you know, just yeah, counterbalancing. Yeah, exactly. You know, I I love the rock music, but at the same time, you know, it would be kind of weird if all the towns had rock music right. as well you know you know so this is a this, a song for you know uh, at least like two of the uh, towns in the game mm -hmm. uh, not that there's a lot of towns in the game because it's pretty short but uh, I yeah it's 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 great you know yep uh, so I've got one last track I want to play from this game 
uh, and it jumps back to the rock style. And I promise this is a, a Mystic Quest game. I'm not going to fool you guys anymore. <laughs> fool me once, Sanders. Shame on you or shame on me. But again, the uh, the most memorable part to me was the final battle. And like we mentioned before, um, the music in this part is so great. And I oh, regret yeah. using, you know, like there. I remember playing like renting this game. And there would be a save state from right at the the end of the game. And I would just go in and like fight this boss just so I could be like, <laughs> beat you. Have fun with that Phoenix down, bro. <laughs> um, and that, that taught me to try Phoenix down and life spells on every other like undead looking enemy going forward. Maybe then that if Mystic Quest taught you a trick for playing RPGs. Yeah. Maybe that was all worth maybe it then for this. <laughs> But uh, this is the Dark Kings theme. This is the final uh, final boss uh, battle music from this game, and it's so good. It's got a little bit of a slow intro, so give it 10, 15 seconds, and then just prepare to have your brains melted with rock music. Yes. pumping dude it's so great it's you know i i feel like of all the final fantasy battle like final boss themes there's a lot of great ones Mm -hmm. this one might be one of my favorites love this part so good it's great it's so well done now i did want to uh chat about the final boss a bit uh, so there's not really much of a plot to Mystic Quest. So, you know, there's not really a spoiler alert here. It's about the final boss, but there's not much plot to yeah. speak of. So don't worry about it, guys. And I'm usually pretty hardcore about avoiding spoilers. So the final boss is, you know, Xander had mentioned, you know, heal spells hurt him. He's undead, you know, which is kind of weird. But what's really weird to me is that the like like Xander had said at the beginning of the episode, you know, you, you get told by this old man that there's this prophecy and that, you know, you know, you're going to save the world. So the weird thing is that when you go to confront the Dark King, he tells you that the prophecy is something he made up. And then you battle him and then you defeat him, thus, thus fulfilling the prophecy. But he says, and, and I have foretold <laughs> that you would come and kick my butt. Let's get this over with. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. I always thought that was really weird, and I uh, and I have a really hard time figuring out why they decided on that because the it's not like it's a bad translation thing. 
You know, because the game was designed for America. They, they really couldn't mistranslate it, I don't think. Right. The, the game was originally scripted in Japan, which is, you know, maybe that was a problem. I, I don't know. But they, you know, they they brought it over to America real quick. And, and I feel like that's something they probably couldn't mess up. You know, so I don't really understand, you know, exactly what was going on there. Yeah. I... I, I mean, his his sprite looks great. You know, the the Dark King changes forms like five or six times throughout the battle. Really? Yeah, he changes forms a he lot. He doesn't just die instantly. <laughs> well, when you want to listen to the music, he doesn't. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish your thought. Oh no, I was just gonna say. So yeah, the Dark King is. I mean, he's kind of a dumb final boss. He looks cool, mm-hmm. and he sounds great. Yeah. Basically. The Dark King is Craig. He looks great, sounds great, but everything else about him is real stupid. <laughs> um, so the, the whole prophecy thing being made up. Did you ever? Did you ever see the Lego Movie? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds me. Of, it's just like that's a great prophecy that you made up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, um, so the thing I was going to bring up earlier, yeah. and then we got completely sidetracked when we were looking up like uh, the other games and like um, when they came out. Mm-hmm. So. Pretend you don't know anything about uh, RPGs and how to play them. Yeah. You play Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. This is the coolest thing you've ever played, right? Okay, sure. It's getting you into RPGs. All right. And let's say it takes you a while to finish it because you're the average dumb American game player. (laughs) Of course. So you finish it. Uh Uh-huh. And then finally you see Final Fantasy 3 is coming out. How boned are you when you start this game? (laughs) You mean how how like in over your head you are? Yes. You know, actually, let me let me take it back. Let's. So you're you're walking through like, oh my god, you can you can explore, you can walk around, all right. You're looking at all the cool things. You're in the city of Narsh. All sorts of cool things are happening. Uh-huh. <laughs> what was that? Right? Are you, do you have a heart attack at your first random battle? <laughs> you know, I. I, I think you're right. I, I think that, you know, Mystic Quest kind of leaves you a little ill-prepared for, for more complex RPGs. Mm-hmm. I, I think they, they had good intentions, but as we know, the path to hell is paved on good intentions. Yeah. It, it's, it's like, here's Green Eggs and Ham, kid. Read this. Okay, you got that? Here's Homer's Odyssey. Go for it. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's, I mean, the like, the like even just Final Fantasy three you know, and there's more complex RPGs out there, of mm-hmm. course. But for your example, you you have... And we're saying Final Fantasy 3 in the sense that we're dumb American players. Right. Right. It definitely six. <laughs> Certainly six. six. <laughs> Sorry, it's so confusing. So so you get Final Fantasy 6, and you all you've had is Mystic Quest. Uh-huh. There are random battles. Mm-hmm. All the characters have their own abilities. Eventually, you get Magicite, where you get to equip magic rocks on you, basically. Your teammates don't have infinite healing items to heal you in battle. <laughs> nope. You can die very easily. If you don't grind at least a little bit, well, Final Fantasy 6 isn't that hard, but there's no. a little bit of grinding here and there, you know. If your hit points get knocked down, it just says annihilated. Yep. Annihilated. And then you start back from your save point. Oh, yeah. You in, don't start the battle over like in, in Mystic Quest. In Mystic Quest, it says give up, yes or no. <laughs> if you say yes, then you go back to your save point. If you say no, you just start the battle over again. Back to where it was right when the battle began. Yep. It's, yeah, it's, I, I feel like they they had a good, like I, I like I said, I think good intentions, but yeah. it didn't work out. But here's the, the weird rumor that, that go, has gone around over the years. 
rumor has it that the failure of Mystic Quest, it sent a message over to Squaresoft to Japan, and it let them know that America wasn't to be insulted by dumbed-down RPGs. Squaresoft uh, then went on to bring over Secret of Mana, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, and made Super Mario RPG, which is the right way to do an entry-level RPG. Mm -hmm. If you have somebody younger that, that is a little interested in RPGs, you don't give them Mystic Quest. You give them Mario RPG. Well, I could even argue that, really, I mean, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest could be a good starter, so long as the next one is Mario RPG. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. I, like, I, if you want to uh-huh. take baby steps, then that's the way you should do it. Yeah. Mystic Quest, Mario RPG, anything else. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah, from, from there on, you're all set, you know? You, I mean, because once once you have Mario RPG down, it's simple, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's got equipment. It's got equipment. It's abilities. got abilities. Uh, that word um, plot. <laughs> yes, it does. It's <laughs> character got development. D- decent writing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 better on all accounts. But let's face it, the music just goes downhill for Mystic. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. No. Hey. I, I will say, I, I mean, Yoko Shimomura's Mario RPG soundtrack is great. I love mm-hmm. it. Oh man, yeah, Mystic Quest's music is so good. So, I would say if if you're on the fence and you're thinking like, oh, maybe I should give you know Mystic Quest a shot, Xander and I recommend you just download the soundtrack. No, dude, I would say play it. Do you? I do. I don't know if I do. I would say play it. Absolutely. I mean, if you're looking, if if you want, it's it's something that needs to be experienced. I would say. If you're looking for something, true. if you're looking for some kind of deep, th- if you listen to this episode and you go into it expecting more than than what you get, that's on you. Okay, yeah, that's true. I yeah. think we've warned you enough. <laughs> we've given a lot of warnings here. It's not a fantastic game. It's a good game. It's okay. Yeah, it's a good game. With Especially an awesome soundtrack. With an amazing soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Uh, that's. I think that's all we have for for yeah. Mystic Quest. Uh, so on the topic of awesome music uh, from a game, we can jump into our retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for retro relapse on the Legend of Retro podcast. Retro relapse. What about now? It's time to rock with the bigger debug, Bumble. What about now? It's time to rock with the bigger debug, Bumble. And that's Retro Relapse for this week. Yeah, uh, this has been great. Uh, catch you guys later. <laughs> now, we played uh, Buck Bumble for Nintendo 64. Now, to be fair, we, we played this uh, back when we had Dale here, uh, 20 Sided Ninja, to talk about Soul Calibur. Um, and we were going to do another episode that evening, but time got uh, kind of tight. Yeah. So we didn't get a chance to talk to talk about it. But we did play Buck Bumble for Nintendo 64. It's a very mediocre 3D shooter. Yes. You play a bumblebee that's a cyborg or an android. I don't remember. Yeah. And you fly around and shoot other robot insects that have been like mutated by this chemical plant in the English countryside. Yep. I'm not sure why a chemical plant is hanging out in the English countryside, but uh, I don't judge. 
but that music. This song, though. <laughs> this song. When we started to... We, yes, we... Yeah. So when we started to play, we let the like intro movie go, and it plays this song. No, the first, if you remember correctly, the first time we played, I was mashing the start button to get going. Oh, right. And it loaded just a little bit, and we heard a little bit, and we skipped past it, and Dale was like, whoa, hey, hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? And we restarted the game, we're like, oh my god. <laughs> It, it's so catchy. It's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. But the opening song alone makes it worth looking into. Maybe just listening to this, like, li like just listening to the soundtrack. But then again, the level music wasn't all no. that great. It was just bland. Yeah, and it was inverted controls, which threw yeah. me off. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, and, you and Chops and your inverted controls. Yeah. Listen, it's like flying an airplane and a bumblebee is like a baby airplane. <laughs> You're not okay. I can't, I can't argue that. Um, but yeah, this was not very fun. It wasn't that great. It, uh, it suffered from what a lot of games of this era had where there wasn't a lot of... Uh, computing space and a lot of a lot of memory in these games mm -hmm. so you constantly had fog in the distance oh yeah there wasn't much draw distance yeah the draw distance was pretty crummy yeah like tried to do way way more than it could ha should have yeah um and therefore it was just it, you were just constantly looking out into fog and as you were flying forward like oh crap there's an enemy <laughs> yeah pretty much i uh i i mean i think the graphics I, I think they look fine when you do well, for what you see yeah, for that type. Then that's that's the the tricky thing about the Nintendo sixty four PlayStation one era of gaming mm. is it blew your mind when it happened. But looking back, they don't age very well. No, they really don't. It, yeah, no. It, certain games got it right. Yeah, uh, other games not so much. No, Buck Bumble, yeah, not was one. one of them. <laughs> Oof. Man, did it take advantage of that space for the music? Oh, it did for that one song. It really did. Uh, so yeah, I don't really have anything else to say about Buck Bumble. It was not. It was not very good. I have something very important I want to ask about Buck Bumble. Yeah, can we play the song again? Is that what you want to ask? Yes. Also, on a scale of one to eight, the eight-bit scale, <laughs> what do you give this game? Uh, and what do you give this game's? opening song i give the game a two <laughs> uh-huh that's because it right. has the song and i give the song a nine <laughs> yeah i think i would agree with that I, I i think the game itself is pretty wait hang on do you, do you hear that right about now it's time to rock with the bigger debug bumble right about time or right about now <laughs> it's time to rock with the biggity buck bumble because he's as dale said the miggity 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 mac daddy that is a quote from Dale, and uh, we definitely appreciate Dale chiming out on that one because I don't think. No, it's time to rock with the big buck bumble. I could have said it better myself. Bum to the base, to the bum to the buck, to the bum to the base bumble. I think precisely. What about now? It's time to rock with the big buck bumble. Bum to the bum to the bum to the base. Bum to the bum to the bumble. Bum to the bum to the bum to the base. Bum to the bum to the bumble. The guys like bum bum. Bum, bumble. <laughs> you think you he has a speech impediment? No, <laughs> you can just hear his his the little bit of an English accent that he has. I bumble. Think, I think the game probably was made that's, in uh, UK. Just fuck bumble in it. <laughs> cool, blimey. That show is buck bumble. It's time to rock with the buck bumble. 
<laughs> oh, all our English listeners are going to hate us. Sorry, guys, but thank you for that sweet song. The song makes it all worthwhile. That's Buck Bumbo, in it? <laughs> cool, blimey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, Xander, we, we, have, we have more character battles to, for, our, for our poll, right? Right, we do. <laughs> cool, blimey. We'll jump right into the RPG protagonist battle. This Please is going to be so offensive. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't stop. I blame it on Buck Bumbo, in it? Uh. <laughs> cool, blimey, Santa. <laughs> Get on with it. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> Sorry, everybody. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving this all in. This is great. <laughs> we got to pan the episode somehow. It's a mystic quest. We can only talk about the music for so long. Uh, so the next in the RPG protagonist battle is yeah. uh, Hero from Dragon Quest Eight. Okay, versus Auron from Final Fantasy Ten. Wow. So I, I, I mean, we we've chatted about these characters before, <laughs> but I, I want to definitely mention uh, uh, the hero's best friend is right hand man in Dragon Quest Eight. Yeah, as Yangus, he's a, uh, a bandit. Cynthia Yangus? Uh, no, just regular Yangus. Okay. But uh, but uh, have you heard his voice before? No. He kind of sounds like cool blimey. <laughs> that's his. That's his voice. It's Yangus's voice. I'm so glad that that's real because I thought you were setting me up. Oh no, that's that's really his voice. <laughs> he great. has a like a, a Cockney accent. <coughs> oh man. Oh man. His best friend is great. Yangus right. is Yangus is pretty great. Uh, Oren's best friend is a prepubescent boy who's annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so these are both Chops picks. Oh yeah, they are. Yep. Good, good job, Chops. You're winning. Like uh, cheater. I, didn't, I didn't play Dragon Quest Eight. Oh, it's pretty great. It's no. it's a lot. It's honestly, it's probably the best. I don't think it's my favorite, but I think it is the best Dragon Quest game. Yeah. It's it's solid. It's definitely good. And Oran, of course, or Oren from Final Fantasy Ten, beating Samurai out Rhyfar. Yeah, it just a cool character design. Cool, looks cool. If nothing else, Final Fantasy Ten had cool character design. <laughs> Yeah, I would say so. For some of the characters. Well, some of them, yeah. Uh, yeah, Oren is is really cool looking. He's B.A. He's, I mean, he's he's great. He's like a samurai dude who's sort of a ghost, I yep, guess. I guess. I Aren't know. we all, though? I mean, we'll all eventually be. Yep. We're all practically dead, in it? Cool, blimey, that ain't ba- good. Bamboo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right, uh, so that's going to wrap up this episode of the Legend of Retro podcast. Sorry, it got a little off the rails at the end, but... It's going to happen every once in a while. I, I'm not that sorry, to be honest. It's true. <laughs> uh, Ho- so hopefully you had fun laughing with us. <laughs> I, I can only hope. There are times when I listen to recordings of people like taking things seriously and then they just break off into laughter. And it makes me laugh even harder because of how <laughs> genuinely they're laughing. I got tears in my eyes with that one. So it was pretty genuine. Yeah. So uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode of The Legend of Retro when the legend continues. Thank you.